What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter-in-arms, Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planters. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and proclaim the kingdom of God. What's up, Matt? Uh, doing well, man. How are you doing? I didn't ask you how you were doing. I said, what's up? Well, um... Okay. We can I thought that. I thought what's up. I thought what's up was kind of the same thing. No, no. It's if not. I want to know how you're doing, I'll ask you how you're you doing. You say, "How are you doing, Matt?" And I'm like, I, "You know, okay." Okay. Well, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. That's good. Doing all right. This week, I don't know where this week went. This week is just like it's, gone. I know it's already Thursday. It's crazy. She gone. I don't know where the warm weather went because I'm a little bit upset that it was like it's nice today. It was 33 degrees when I woke up Any, this morning. Anything above freezing is a win in our world. Not when it's April 25th. Yeah, that's that's a good point. It needs but to be higher. We know this is just how it is here. That's true, but I still don't want to accept it. Well, I know it's how it is, but I refuse to accept it. Yeah. Your uh, the church the, the Jared has a church next door to him. We won't name the name of the church. Yeah, but, don't please because we've <laughs> actually literally had some. <laughs> Never mind, from I'm the podcast, somebody a listener has said something about it. <laughs> That's hilarious. So so Jared has a church next to him, and they they always have um they always have like just the funniest signs, and they're so clever uh, and if, well and, her, I, and heretical. I, I don't think they're funny. But anyways, um. They they put on the sign today something about spring. Spring has sprung, and then they said like maybe the leaves will as well and gins. Yeah, well, how'd that work out for the leaves? Not too well, man. No. Game seven, so yeah, they lost. Terrible. Them. Well, Matt, we've got a special guest on today. Yeah, you want to introduce him? Dino Sinesi. He is the coaching expert for the North American Mission Board. We call him the expert. He's not a big fan of the term guru, although that's what we all call him because he's so. <laughs> smart and he's so good at coaching he coaches good and he, whatnot he coaches coaches how to coach that's right yeah so. dino is an incredible brother um known him for several years now he's been up here with us in toronto um giving us the infrastructure on how to coach church planners and um uh jason mcgibbon is our contact point here kind of leads it out for the city along with uh, another guy but he jason is really done an incredible job inf like kind of infiltrating it into uh, the micro networks across the city. And of course, Dino has led him how to do all that and stuff. And it's really, really good. We were just talking before we started recording. I actually have a coaching session today. And um, well, I don't want to spoil it or anything like that. But just the system is incredible because I think so many guys feel like they can't do this. Yeah. And what Dino does is he comes in and says, you can do this. You should be doing this, and you have to do this for the betterment of the movement of the SIN network across uh, North America. Yep. So, Dino, welcome. We're excited to have you today. Thanks for inviting me in. It was fun before we started recording. It's going to be even more fun now. <laughs> yes, it will. Yes, Absolutely. it will. So, um, I, you know, I uh, we had a, a gathering the other day with some church planners from our area, and um, I had a I had a conversation, and I prayed with uh, a guy, and, and I'm going to I have to be super vague just, you know, with the details, but essentially he's going through a really, really difficult time. Uh, he's had about half of his uh, core team is uh, gone uh, for various reasons. Um, he's co-vocational uh, and actually part of the core team uh, was also um, a business partner um, who also uh, is now gone and 
just thinking about how, uh, you know, it just reminded me as I was thinking about uh, this episode and kind of preparing to talk to Dino today about how important <laughs> coaching really is because there's so many mm. guys, I think, who are out there oftentimes who are very alone and they they feel like they're twisting in the wind. And I don't know, my heart just broke for this guy because I could, I could see that he was hurting and I could tell that he hadn't really, you know, had very many people reach out to him and just, you know, care for him and, uh, you know, and encourage him. Uh, and it's just, and I think that there's a lot of planters out there who are in situations like that, who are really struggling because this is war. Um, yeah. you know, we're stepping into the front lines. Yep. And, um, so I just think this is such an important topic. Um, so Dino, and I wanted to just start by asking you, maybe if you could give us a working definition of coaching. Yeah, Jared, and thanks. And thanks for that story because it, it reminds us of the why behind the what. Yeah. Why should there be a unique lane in the SIN network where someone walks alongside a planter and uh, and shepherds his soul mm. through the highs and lows of church planting? It's a clear lane if we could develop coaches who will stay in it. Yeah. And so 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 you asked for the definition. Uh, one working definition for us is that coaching is an intentional, skilled relationship that helps a church planter pursue his unique kingdom assignment. Mm, I like that. That's good. Yeah. So 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 what's important, we do have a lot of organic relationships in the church planting world, and they are of great value. Uh, the fact that you hang out in coffee shops, the conversation that you had, Jared, that's a very critical conversation. God used it for that moment. But it also highlights the need for what if there is a safety net in this system where there is a coach who is systematically meeting with this specific planter, mm -hmm. celebrating the highs with him and walking through the lows with him. Mm -hmm. uh, my friend Dave Whitehead works for City to City. To City. He is uh, Tim, in Tim Keller's system, planting system internationally. He is the coach guy. He said something to me the other day, and I think we captured it on a podcast. It was like, let's make this a podcast. Yeah. But he said that church planting by nature is antithetical to the gospel. Mm. And and what what he went on to say is that there is such a heavy focus and pressure on performance yeah. that that planters can lose their souls in the midst of this and lo mm. lose their their identity in Christ. Yeah. Now now we have a heart for the gospel for every man, woman, and child in in Toronto and in Pickering and and sure. and beyond. We get that, and that's one of the reasons the coach is there. But we also realize what you guys said: this is war. Mm. And, and uh, so we need great trainers. We need, we need care teams. We need great assessment. So a planter and his wife walks into planting self-aware mm. uh, or they may understand that maybe planting's not for them. Uh, but we have to have a coach, an abiding relationship who is going to care about the soul of the planter on behalf of the sin network, on behalf of the trainers, on behalf of the assessors. He is their, their rep to say, we will not go away. We, we won't go away when it's Easter Sunday, mm. and we won't go away when it's the first Sunday of the summer. Yeah. The vacation is gone, and you wonder, God, what in the world am I doing? There's yeah. all, all three of us are here for the big yeah. celebration this morning. Yeah. And that, that's because my wife and kids are six. They would actually are sick. They'd actually be seven here if it was not. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so the highs and the lows. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. You said, I, I hear you talk a lot, Dino, you know, about soul care. And then um, in your, in your, in your, kind of guys, your guys' mission statement, your working definition, you talk a lot about unique kingdom assignment. And I've always liked that uh, when I hear you present and talk because 
I think so many times we talk about coaching and church planning, it's coaching towards a model or it's coaching towards a methodology. And why don't you unpack that a little bit surrounded about the benefits of coaching church planners towards their unique kingdom assignment, not necessarily towards a methodology or a model. Could you unpack that a little bit? Yeah. Well, that first, and we'll talk about this more, but a church planter's brain needs space to process what he's already learning and process his context versus another person giving him expert advice. Mm. There, there is normally, and, and, and Toronto would not be an exception to this, and when they talk about partners and, and sending churches from all over, uh, there is normally not a lack of telling voices in the life of a mm. plant. And so, and so, uh, and there's principles that can be learned. There's principles that, uh, and this will make some people throw up in the back of their throat, in their mouth, but, but there's actually something a planter could learn in Columbia, South Carolina that could help a planter in Toronto, Absolutely. even though context is wildly different. Sure. So there, there's universal principles in planting that planters need to know, but there's uniqueness, not just in context, but in time. Yeah. In there's a unique time a planter's planting. There's a unique purpose in in, in a context. Yeah. And and it's and, and what, what I say is, it, and I've been saying this for years. It's never been done before. What you're about to do, because it's your gift mix, mm. it's your time, it's your context, mm-hmm. and and it's even those unique people that God calls around you to do this thing called a core group. No, ever, ever how lost or found they might be. Yeah. Your, scraggly crew of core group. Yeah. And so, and so there has to be some respect for that. Yeah. That, that say, Matt, you're doing something that's never been done before. So well, wait a minute, people planted churches for hundreds of years, not where you are planting, not yeah. with your gift mix, not it in the exact location and these people in this place and time. It's very unique. That's so good because I think it's good for our listeners to hear that because, you know, th- there's, um, you know, we t- we've talked a, a lot on this podcast about, you know, um, church unique, Will Mancini stuff and having the unique DNA of every church plant and what that looks like. But but no matter how long, how often you bang that drum, church planters, are, are, they still fall prey to that kind of copycat methodology where it's like it worked there. I'm going to do it here. And there's always good principles you can learn from people. But I love what you just now said. You know, it's never been done like you're about to do it because you have a unique gift set, you have a unique wiring, personality, DNA, all those kinds of things, and you're in a unique context. So I think that's, I think that's really good for our listeners to hear that it, it, it's coaching is about pulling out who you're supposed to be for this kingdom assignment, not what somebody else has done, but for this unique situation. That's really good. Well, and, and I hope that even leads a planter with, with, with a holy sense, a sacred sense of being a little overwhelmed. Yeah, of course. Because we all want shortcuts, even in what I do. Yeah. I mean, directing church planting in North America. I'm, I want to talk to Dave Whitehead in, in, in New, York, New York City and say, give me a shortcut. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes he does. Yeah, yeah. But, but a lot of this is just me and the Lord and, and the team that he puts around me. And, and God, how in the world do we do this? You so, know, and, yeah. so before Jared moves us forward, ask the next question, Dino, just what are just like, top two or three benefits that you would say are surrounding coaching for listeners out there? They don't have a coach. What would you say? Here are the three benefits of getting into a coaching relationship right here. Yeah. Well, uh, first you need space as a planter to think and reflect on what you have already learned and what you're learning. Yeah, that's good. 
you, you, you need space. So, so reflection. And so you got to be careful who you do that with too, right? Exa- well, exactly. Because yes. a lot of times I want to hijack your reflection process and yes. say, Matt, here's what you really need to think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I want to take the role of a teller and say, let me just speed all this up because mm-hmm. I'm smarter than you. And I'm going to speed this up and yeah. say, here's what you need to think Here's what you need to even feel. Yeah. So, so the reflection time is critical mindfulness that you're stopping and thinking because in the moment, no matter what you're doing, there's a sense of I'm reacting to the now. Yeah. And, 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 and there, there's that, that frailing away at trying to get it done. And so there needs to be a disciplined regimen, not just a, Hey, I, I, I thought a minute the other day, but a disciplined regimen where I am reflecting mm. on what, what God is doing, what God is saying, what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm maybe in that reflection time. I may be troubleshooting. Yeah. Something's broken here. Something's broken in our discipleship process. Something's broken in the way that we're connecting our community. So it, it's it, it, just the time to, to to close the loop on some things that I need to do. The second the second value of it is accountability. Mm. But but it's it's not guerrilla accountability. Yeah. It's it's what I'm saying. If you're coaching me, Matt, it's what I'm deciding that I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm deciding what I need to do. You're not deciding for me. You're not my boss. Right. I'm, I'm deciding what I need to do, but I'm presenting that to you. You're helping me sharpen that because you're a coach. That's what you do. And then at the end, we walk out of a conversation with, this is what I'll do between now and when we talk again. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's so important you taught us, through. if anybody's gone through <clears throat> Dino's process, it, you talk a lot about, as coaches, fighting against the temptation to say, do this. But instead saying, given a coach should be able to give a fresh perspective, kind of a different look and say, if I was in those shoes or if I was in that setting, this is a direction I may go. But you want to stay away from saying, do this. If you don't do this, then you're going to da da da. So you you, you might say something as a coach. You might say something like, if I was in those shoes or in my opinion or does that make sense? Isn't that kind of where? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I would even, I would even, on the higher level of coaching, instead of do this, or if I were in your shoes, yeah. this is what I do. I would say, what are you going to do next? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Understand how I've opened that up, and I'm not in the way of that. Right. Uh, uh, and and there there has to be. That's why coaching reps for coaches, if any coaches are listening, you got, you got to practice this because yeah. it's a discipline and it is a counterintuitive discipline. When I started all this in the early 2000s. Very counterintuitive to me, but God had done something to my heart. I'd experienced the value on a recipient end. Yeah. And and I'd seen how important it was for somebody just to totally get out of the conversation and say, what would you do? That's good. What, you, what are you going to do? When are you going to do that? Yeah. I remember Bob Logan was my first coach and he would say, uh, he would say, what are you going to do? And I'd say, I'm going to do this. And he'd say, well, pull out your calendar. Let's get it. Let's get it on your calendar. Mm. Hey, bro, that freaked me out when it first. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, wait a minute, I'm not making a commitment to do something. I'm just saying this is what I'm going to do. I thought we were just talking. I thought this was just an organic in and out, you know, this smooth conversation. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do one day. That's good. Hey, Dino, um, something I was, I was kind of curious about. Um, do you think, so like I know that um, uh, I'm, I'm a strong, I have a strong like teaching gift. And mm-hmm. I think that, uh, I, you know, I'm halfway joking, but I think that coaching can be a challenge for me because I like to tell people what to do. But, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, but do you find that certain gifts, certain certain gift sets, lend themselves better to coaching? If for for example, do you find that 
that uh, strong teachers who have strong teaching gifts find it more difficult to do this, to, to, to coach, as opposed to maybe somebody with stronger shepherding gifts who's, uh, you know, maybe, you know, can kind of come alongside guys? Or do you find that that doesn't really make a difference at all or it shouldn't? Really great, really great question. I, I do think that a planter does need multiple relationships, and one of those would be a teaching training relationship. Uh, however, I think that every leader needs to develop this discipline. Yeah, because there are contexts in there are contexts that that Jared, in spite of your teaching gifts, that you need to get out of the way of the conversation. It might be in a small group. It might be one-on-one that you're developing a guy, and and uh, he needs to learn not to be overly dependent on your teaching gifts. Mm-hmm. We we can become, and this is Max's words, we could become advice addicts. Mm-hmm. And and you, you realize that if you're developing a future planter, he's going to have to learn to process on his own. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to learn to solve problems. He's going to have to learn to lean into the Lord instead of leaning into another person. Yeah. And so, so yes, are there some? And I do believe, Eddie Hancock said this first, but I do believe that coaching was my hand in God's glove. I was a shepherding type relational guy from the beginning. But I do think that, uh, that all you guys it, that even had this strong, and both of you, Matt, you, you too, you guys got some strong stuff coming to the table. I would never want to say, well, you should be ashamed of yourself if you ever tell anybody what to do or if you ever <laughs> teach them what to do, you should be ashamed. You should repent, yeah. Yeah. you know, not not at all. But I think you would find out in your multiple leadership context, as you develop people, you need to learn to hush the telling voice for a mm-hmm. moment, get out of the way and become the asking voice and put the responsibility on the one you're developing versus taking all the responsibility yourself. Man, that's, that's such a good word. Like we're even talking about as a network here, do you know, uh, in the fellowships about how important it is for our residents to, to have multiple con- relationships with our network leaders, you know, so that they, they don't have one voice being the primary voice all the time in their ear. But at the end of the day, we always, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, you know, how amazing would it be if a resident has gone through our pipeline and they come out on the other end and, you know, four, five, six years down the road, they have two, three, four godly men that are really for them that are going to, they're going to have lifetime relationships with in various different ways. But, you know, I, I just wanted to, I want to hit on something real quick before we move on to the next question, because I think it's really important. You, when when God gives you favor and good things are happening, people church planners are like the worst. You know, they think there's some kind of secret sauce, and oh, I want to talk to you because you got the secret sauce. And you have to be really careful not to, you know, if you're listening to this and God's giving you favor and your church plan is growing, you got to be really careful to guard your heart because the Bible tells us what our hearts are prone to do, and we're wicked and they're deceitful, and you know, and all 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 those kinds of things. You could become very prideful. And what you're talking about, I think what I see a lot is what prevents good coaching is that you become, we become advice addicts, like, like Max says, and you want to tell people how to do it. And that's when you start to drift into methodology. That's when you start to drift into model. And this is how I would do it. And you should do it this way and everything like that. And our hearts like that. We like people wanting to come to us and, and, and sure. say like, how do you do this? Cause tell- it's easier. Because it's doesn't easier, take as much work. you know, and to, to Dino's point, you have to suppress that gift of teaching or whatever it might be. You have to suppress that and, and say, I could maybe give this guy some answers to get somewhere quicker, but that's not the, that's not the purpose of this relationship. 
the purpose is for me to to be here for him, to be a listening ear, to guide him, to coach him, to 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 do some of those things. But ultimately, he's got to come to this conclusion through the Spirit's direction himself, and I'm just the tool to help that get there. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Sin Network Training recommends this book, and uh, uh, you know, I always say uh, I am slow to the party. I, I get there really late, but I do get there. Uh, but they recommended this book probably to me three years ago, and all of us brain savvy leaders by Charles Stone. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you, it is not a book about coaching, but it is a book about how God has wired my brain and how how I respond. And and uh, I'm 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 chewing it, man. It's yeah. wrecking it's wrecking me. But but even this idea of 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 the of and and some of these things I knew intuitively, but I could have never articulated them. I would just be blurbering if I tried to articulate them. But he talked about the fact that people will own their own decisions on a lot higher level, even though they may, or, or even though that yours might be better, your suggestion might be better, your advice might be better, and even though you guys are known as as fruitful, successful church planters, the fact is what he discovers in the discovery part of his brain will be something that he will be much more committed to. Mm. Uh, and, and, uh, and that's the way God made his brain. That's yeah. not, he made, he, and, and even for me, I'm not as aware when I start reading this, I go, you know, that's really the way I am. Yeah. My, my, my sucky idea I'll own and I'll see it to the end a lot better than your great idea. Yeah. And, and in the long run, it'll bear more fruit. Yeah. yeah. This is the concept behind discovery Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is why, you know, people advocate for this. And I, and I do think that there's, uh, you know, a place for things like discovery Bible study. I, I think there's a place for preaching and teaching, of course. Um, but you know, this is why we encourage, you know, our people to get in the word during the week on their own, right. And teach them how yeah. to study the Bible for themselves, because that's, I'll be honest, like, you know, I, you know, I, most of what's impacted me the most, you know, during my time in scripture hasn't, I don't remember really very much of, of anything a preacher's ever said as I right. sat listening to preaching, yeah. but I do remember what I've encountered in the word of God on a Tuesday morning when Through I'm just sitting Spirit. there reading the Bible by yeah. the Spirit. Yeah. So, yeah. And shout out to Charles Stone. He's actually here not too far from us. He's in London, Ontario. Yeah. Um, not too far. Pastors at church. I think it's called West Park Church. I'm not positive on that, so don't quote me. But um, but he's an incredible guy. He he went through some of uh, our leadership development training, His him and his team with Mac cool. last yeah. year. So, yeah, just a really, really incredible guy. Awesome. Well, and this, and and his brain savvy leaders, you know, yeah. I, I I would say that you know every leader, uh, you know, need, it, it, any leader would step back and say, man, I I need to rethink some of the ways I'm leading on a day to day basis, mm-hmm. in in order to engage people a higher level of ownership. People, I mean, I'm thinking, even though this is a little bit of my world, I'm going, man, I, this changes everything for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know, just saying. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. So, you know, I'm just curious. Um, we've got a lot of guys that listen to this podcast who are church planting. They're in various stages of church planting. Some of them, I think a lot of them are probably in the, still in the earlier stages of church planting in their mm-hmm. first few years. And so they may not be, you know, like a Sin Network coach yet, you know, that, that's been trained and, and, and things like that. But they do have people they're, you know, discipling, stuff like that. How does this, how, how does this apply to a church planter who's still growing his church He's not necessarily coaching other church planters yet, mm-hmm. but he does have people under his care that he's he's shepherding. Uh, how can he apply this in his situation? That's a great that's a great question. Uh, you know, one of the FAQs that we get is what's the difference between coaching and discipleship. Mm. And uh, and what I would say is that coaching is a part of discipleship. It's not 
all of discipleship because it, it, it could be that example where we've already been talking. Teaching the word of God is a part of discipleship, but hearing it in groups, discuss, dialoguing in community. Yeah. Uh, uh, learning, te- uh, reading the Word of God individually. That's all part of our discipleship process. But somewhere the teaching needs to stop and the asking needs to start. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Yeah. What is, what is God saying to you? You know, we need to teach our people how to hear the voice of God and obey the voice of God. And as long as we're doing 100% of the talking and every sentence we, we give ends in a period, how do we even know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? And, and I'm and I'm not asking questions of someone. In, and I was a small groups guy before I came to NAM. And 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 co- coaching was a key part of our discipleship and our group development, group leader development process. Mm. And and so I'm I don't I don't ask questions that are Bible trivia questions in that part. Right. I'm asking, what are you going to do? What is God saying? And and uh, you know, my Eddie, I talked about Eddie Hancock in Idaho. He's a pastor. I, I don't know if I'd want to be in his church if he if they go. If people walk out the door and say, loved that sermon, Pastor, it was great. God spoke to me. You know what Eddie says? What did God say? Yeah. <laughs> That's or, good. Or, or it, they may say, love that sermon, and he'll say, well, what did God say to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's coaching people out the door. Talk about a coaching guru. Eddie's a coaching guru. He wow. coaches people out the door. I guarantee you one thing that happened, if it's a Baptist church, they started not going out that door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But but you realize when you see the awkwardness of that conversation, you go, why should that be awkward? That's a, absolutely. You know, it, it's an open-ended question. It's not Eddie saying, well, are you going to do what I told you to do? It's going to say, well, the Holy Spirit was working. It's the Word of God. This is a dynamic Holy Spirit-driven process. So what is he saying? What are you going to do? And when are you going to do it? Yeah. So so it, it's drilling deeper in disciples, making sure, even if you're teaching them the Bible, making sure there is time that you have dedicated, that you're going to discipline yourself to ask open-ended questions and say, what are you going to do with this that, that you have learned? What are you going to do with it mm. now? What are you going to do with it later? And then you're going to pick up that conversation the next time you meet and say, well, how did it go? Wow, and that's see, good. Accountability is going up. Yeah. This back in, and I, and I know Will, Willow Creek has fallen upon hard times, but overall there was a time where they did research in their early years. There was this book written called Reveal. They had high-level re- uh, uh, research on what, how are disciples doing, mm. and they had an outside firm come in and do it. And this was their conclusion. And it wasn't a coach. They didn't use the word coach one time. They said we're treating all of our disciples alike. We're mm. treating all like babies, and it's great for those first few steps that we treat them like babies. Yeah. But but we found that those who have been with us the longest are getting bored, and and they're not being challenged. Mm. We have. Included that we need to start asking more open-ended questions in their discipleship process so they could continue to grow and move. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I, I remember reading about that once that was a really critical, um, kind of a pivotal, pivotal moment in their story. That's when they really started to see a more emphasis for deeper discipleship, um, and to try to get to more movement. So yeah, it's incredible yeah. what well, coaching will do. Yeah. And it's, and, and it was, I, I don't know who said this first. It's too long ago, so give me credit. But uh, uh, the, uh, and, and many times in our discipleship systems in our church, the ball is going exactly where we're hitting it. Yeah, that's good. We, we, we stand back, and I've been in that role as a pastor. We stand back and we go, why aren't these people, why are they so immature? Why are they, 
you know, we're ranting and raving and we're looking for this mystical reason why they're immature. It's, 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 a, it's a golfing, golfing terminology. You know, you, you stand, go up to the tee, Matt, you're a golfer. I don't know if Jared, you are, you go up to the tee and you shank one off into the rough yeah. and you step back and you raise your hands and go, why did that do that? And, and the answer is the ball went exactly where you hit it. Yeah. And in just, ship in our churches the ball goes oftentimes exactly where we're hitting it we treat them like babies they're going to be babies yeah we treat them like donkeys carrot and stick discipleship they're going to act like donkeys they're going to kick mm. that's good that's really good yeah wow well do you know what are some of the what are some of the most common mistakes we talked a little bit about that already but what are some of the most common mistakes that you see when it comes to coaching relationships i mean maybe some of the things that you're <laughs> you do such a good job. I, I sit under your teaching and stuff, and I think, man, I would not answer that question that way. I'd be like, listen, you moron, just don't do it. You know? <laughs> and you, Dino, Dino is like a politician, man. He's he's able to say things in ways that are, but it's not like, it's not, well, I know that standing on train tracks can be fun, but let's consider, <laughs> let's consider yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, and, and thank you, because I've got a long list of names I've been called. Yeah, yeah. Politician is only one of them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but in all seriousness, you're, yeah. But in all seriousness, you are really gifted in that. To you're able to 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 take those questions and say, well, you could do it that way, or you know, and you <laughs> just the way you frame that. So, what are some of those? What are some of those areas you keep on finding yourself trying to correct? And and you know, when missional drift happens, and 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 what we do at coaching and Nam, how do you keep? What are those mistakes? Yeah. That's a great question, and thank you for asking me that. Because uh, I'll hopefully I'll write down my answers, and you could give me a few too. Yeah. But uh, uh, but I think that overcomplicating the coaching relationship. Mm. In other words, a coach, if if he's committed to the process and committed to the discipline of coaching, yeah, uh, then there's really nothing complicated about it. It's all about shutting up and getting out of the way. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but what if, what if he says? He wants to leave his wife and go with, get another wife. And yeah. Like, okay, stop it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> stop the scenario. You're pref- you know, you got that emergency glass there by your desk. You, you right. break that glass. You can call him an idiot at that point. Yeah. You can do whatever yeah. you want yeah. at that point. He's like, yeah, but you tell me, what if he's going to do small groups wrong? It's like, stop it. Yeah. Just trust, trust God in the process. That's right. And, and, and say, I'm going to stay for this church planner coaching relationship. I'm going to stay out of the way. Yeah. I'm going to trust God. You know, the Holy Spirit is actually in him. Yeah. There, there are some things he doesn't know, but there's some things I don't know either. That's right. So yeah. Why do we make this information gap? All of a sudden, I'm codependent on your lack of information. Yeah. It gives my self-esteem. Another thing Dave Whitehead talks about is like, we want to be the hero of every relationship. Yeah, that's good. Right, right. We want to be the rescuer. Yeah. And the planter also has a desire to be the hero. And we know that ultimately Jesus is the hero. If if you're fruitful, it's because of the supernatural work of Jesus in me and through me and and be and in spite of me. Yeah. And so so I think that don't overcomplicate the process. I think another the the hardest discipline of coaching is to meet consistently. Mm, Yes. You got a busy coach. You got a busy planter. It's yeah. easy to say, "Oh, dude, I can't meet today." Yeah. Oh, dude, I can't meet today. It has been statistically proven, a PhD level study done out of of of, uh, of a mission group in Florida, that the two most important elements of coaching is how often you meet, rhythm, mm-hmm. and how many times you meet. Yeah. 
you could actually don't tell the others. I said, is this being recorded by the way? But don't, don't tell others. <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, the truth is if you're a mediocre coach, yeah, whatever that means, and you meet consistently, you're consistent, you're persistent in meeting and you meet many times, there's a rhythm and you meet many times, you're going to be a better, more valuable coach to that planter than the superstar coach that has all kinds of ICFs and I'm this and I'm that and, yeah. and all kinds of tr- training and Keith Webb and Bob Logan. You're going to do better than he does because mm. it's all about random coaching conversations are really least valuable. So so the discipline of meeting, you have to really believe that to your core Yeah. because there's no coach out there that has time to do this and there's no planter that has time. So something has to has to get beyond the practical and say, if we don't meet often, our coaching is um, is really it can be a waste of time. Hmm. If you don't meet often. Man, that's yeah. good. Yeah, the consistency. I know when we rolled coaching out for the city, um, one thing that uh, like we discovered is that you know people would always try to say like, well, let's get together and do it in person, you know. And then the shift they they really made. Jason led led it out in this and saying like, let's take it like do it online, like do do video calls. You know, if we can just get more consistency and that's going to be a lot more valuable than trying to get on each other's schedule and beat traffic, especially in a place like the GTA, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, if, yeah. if you can just do video calls. I mean, and I think we've seen a, a great increase in it. Yep. Yeah, I, I, we, we press for that and, and the, the relational people will become a little bit indignant and it's, it's OK. I'm a relational guy. Yeah, I know if I'm your coach, you don't want to meet with me face to face. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go everywhere from the Toronto Argonauts to the New York Giants to the <laughs> Alabama Crimson Tide. And yeah. it's like, what are we meeting for? And it's like, I don't know, but I'm sure having fun. <laughs> you know, I am not a great in-person coach because I'm so relational. Yeah, yeah. And so I know I know myself, but, but believe me, when you get in the car, there's a million variables. Number one, that'll stop you from getting in the car. And number two, stop you after you get in the car. Yeah. You know, I, I have sometimes a new coaching relationship. Guys will say, I'll go, how did it go? And they go, man, it went great. We coached three hours. And I'll go, no, it didn't go great. Because yeah. you can't, can't scale that. No. As, as fun as it was, it's going to come up again in two weeks. And you're going to go, holy cow, my sermon's not ready. My da 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 And so yeah. just think, if that, if that three hours could have been three coaching conversations, it would have gone from bronze to gold. Yeah. And would have gone really less than bronze, from 10 to gold. As far as what it produces, yeah, yeah, and I, like I don't know how. If you're a high capacity leader, I don't know how you have time to meet with anybody for three hours. Um, you know, unless it's you take time to meet with me for three hours. Well, I do, but but you know, I, I, we we've gotten to a place where you know you know just personally for for me, we've gotten to a place where I want to invest in key leaders, and um, yeah. and of course we we tie in this podcast to that time as well. But but don't try to explain it away, Matt. I know that you just <laughs> yeah, so, enjoy spending time with me. But well, well here's the deal, and, yeah. I, and I'll I'll interject in, in a political way. So <laughs> you, got, you guys you guys meet three hours. So what if I told you you have to meet every other week for three hours for the rest of the year? Maybe maybe not. Yeah. Uh, and and then and then and then the physical proximity would be an issue too. If you're on the same yeah. team, seeing each other already. Yeah. Then yep. okay, it starts getting. But th- but that's not the norm. Right. And, 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 you know, sometimes it's like, and, and I think from a pure coaching perspective, Matt, I don't think you would be the best coach for Jared for multiple reasons. Exactly. He, he needs that somebody that's totally detached. That's going to hold him to that discipline yeah. regimen and, and vice versa. You would need that as well, Matt, that somebody that's totally detached. Yeah. That's 
cause you you sometimes when you're so enmeshed, you have too many things to talk about Man, to this, have disciplined coaching relationship. Yeah, this is this is such a good true. this is such a good point with what we're talking about right here because you know um, we we kind of we hit on a little bit, but you know there is there is such a difference w- between like coaching and mentoring. And, you know, discipleship can be thrown in there, whatever. And you alluded to discipleship earlier and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm a huge advocate of this, you know, like, um, you know, I love, I love Jared to like, you know, like a brother and I'm so thankful for his life and his growth or anything like that, but I'm his mentor. I'm not his coach. And, and to me, there's a big difference. A mentor is somebody, I mean, like there's my my mentor, he's ride or die. He's going to be with me until one of us one of us is going to preach the other's funeral. I mean, that's, yep. we're going to be there. I mean, and, and same with Jared and I have a couple other men in my life that are that way. And that is not your coach in my opinion. I mean, you can tell me if I'm wrong, Dino, but, but a coach kind of has to be an outside voice that, that doesn't even know your sin struggles. Maybe doesn't even know the propensity of where your temptations lead and all those things. I don't think you want to get into that stuff with your coach. I don't think that's your coach's job. That's your mentor's job. Um, and role. And, and I think that's really important for our listeners to hear because I see a lot across North America. I see a lot of guys trying to treat their mentor. Like for example, my, my mentor is incredible, but he'll be the first to tell you, he doesn't know how to plant a church. You know, he, he's never done it. He, so he doesn't need to coach me to plant a church, but what he does do is he consistently and constantly pours the, the, the gospel into my life and, and, um, and he helps me overcome sin struggles and, and potential marriage challenges and all those other things that a coach, just to be frank, couldn't do. Um, so I think that's a really good conversation to have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it's, it's also on the top of the FAQ list. What's the difference between a coach and a mentor? Yeah. And, and of course, Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So, so a, a Christian, no matter what role, a believer, no matter what role he's in, he's mentoring whether he knows he is or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, you know, he's 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 providing a pattern to follow, a good pattern or a bad pattern. So I'd never say a, a coach has to be aware of that fact. Yeah. But there is a dramatic difference, functionally speaking, in those mm-hmm. two relationships. Yep. Uh, I have a mentor slash discipler who invited me into a relationship with him in 1982. His name's Ray Jones. Yeah. And uh, if I need something today, I'll pick up the phone and call Absolutely. Ray Jones. He needs me. And we are in and out of each other's lives multiple times over multiple years through multiple crashes and burns for both of us. Yeah. We have been there. That's a mentor. He's poor, we pour into each other, but he really pours into me primarily. And so, um, uh, but but a coach is a, is a, is for a season for us. He has some of the same compassion. He has some of the same concerns. But it's it's a very clear lane. It's a very intentional lane. Mm. I I don't I don't meet with Ray Jones twice a month for right. an hour. Right. You know because that's not his purpose in my life. Yeah. I, I you know I may spend three days with him and not be with him again in five years. Yeah. You know. And so, so, so it is a, it, there's a difference. The coach draws out, mm. uh, he, he's drawing out the mentor. He pours in life yeah. experiences. Don't do what I did. Yeah. Do what I did. It's good. Either one of those I get from a mentor, uh, you know, and, and, but from, a, from a coach, this is future focused. He's drawing out of me. Uh, the scripture says in Proverbs chapter three, uh, verse five, uh, the purposes in a man's heart are like deep water. A man of understanding draws it out. A coach can get to the deep waters of my heart mm. if he's good at what he's doing. He can get to what's driving me, the good motivation and the bad motivation. He can get to guilt and shame issues. Yeah. Uh, but but it's much more intentional, skilled, and and much more current mm. than the 
a long-term mentoring relationship. That's good. Hey, uh, you know, before we wrap up, man, um, I think that after what we just talked about, there's probably a lot of guys listening who are suddenly realizing who thought that they had a coach who are going, Oh, I don't think I have a coach. <laughs> I think I have a mentor or a disciple maker, but I don't have a coach. So where can those guys, both guys who are within the sin network and, uh, where can they go, uh, to, uh, to make that happen? And then what would you recommend to maybe those who are not in within the sin network? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, couple things. If you're in the SIN network, then just to under, create the right expectations, there's not a national pool or database of coaches that I call, say, call 1-800-SIN-NETWORK, we'll yeah. get you fixed up. Uh, because our coaching systems as Toronto are locally owned and locally operated. We think that's the best for the long-term help of the, uh, health of the coaching mm-hmm. system. And so depending on where you are in, this, in, in, in your, in your uh, life cycle with your church, if you're in the first couple of years and you're in a sin city, you should be able to go to your sin missionary and get some get some uh, help with that. Um, and uh, so I would go to sin city missionary. You should have a coaching champion in most of those cities uh, and, and they'll help you. If you're a Southern Baptist, you're outside those areas, then go to your state director of missions or your CPC. Yeah. They, they should be able to give you some information and get the conversation started. If if you are outside the system, and I have conversations with people like like Dave Whitehead with City to City, and I talked to a, a new friend Harry in Houston from from Vineyard this week. Uh, there's more and more going on. There's more going on than what we're doing mm. in the idea of providing coaches for planters. There's a National Kingdom dialogue that's starting about how can we all work together to make sure every planter of every denomination uh, can can have a real coach, and it's it's happening. So I'm excited about that. But it might be that you start with picking a peer and getting a peer coach. That might be the best you could do, and that's not terrible. Yeah, that's good. But, but, but you and your peer have to be committed to the coaching process for it to work. It's, it's not troubleshooting. It's, it's, it's that uh, it's I coach you, you coach me. So, Matt, if you and I were peer coaching, uh, I'd take 30 minutes, and I'd be your coach. I'd stay out of the way. I'd ask you key questions. And and uh, and push you toward goals and actions. Then yeah. you stop, and then you coach me for thirty minutes. You're you're listening and asking. You're pushing in. You're pressing, and you're helping me. And and some of those relationships can can be longer and more life giving than those standard supplied relationships in the system. So get a peer coach. Uh, we can get you some questions if you need them, but they're open ended. Uh, they're not leading. Uh, you know what's going on. What can you celebrate? What do you need to work on? What's eating your lunch right now? Yeah. How's How's your family? What do you need to work on with your family? Just those basic open-ended questions. That's awesome. Do you know before Jared closes this out, um, why don't you tell our listeners how they can learn more about you personally? I know Dina wrote a book called Sending Well. I have an autographed copy at at my house in my personal library, and um, it's a great book, and it talks about coaching. Dina, why don't you talk about, tell our listeners real quickly how they can get connected to that book, learn more about you. I know you have a podcast as well. Yeah, well, uh, we, uh, of course, Sending Well is available on, on all the normal outlets, uh, all the normal, uh, and, and it's, and the great thing about it, and I even put that in the beginning of Sending Well, uh, it is, it is giving me a platform to have conversations with, uh, kingdom people all over, all over the country, and I learned so much from them. That's not, and I'm, and I'm very serious about that. I learned so much. You know, they'll come and say, well, they think you wrote a book. They think you know something, you know, yeah. and it's like, well, 
it was actually a God moment that, that yeah. God provided that, that platform. And so I'm learning a lot from people. So you get that from any outlet. I, they could they could email me uh, uh, at nam.net. You don't know how to spell decenacy, but uh, <laughs> I'll put it in the S- show notes. Dino. Yeah, put it in the, put it in the show great notes. At that. Yeah, and then we have a uh, of course the Sin Network coaching page uh, would have some resources. There's a free ebook there. Uh, our principles and practices. It's some of our old content. It's an ebook form. It's also in Spanish. We have a coaching tool on that page too, called the Five Heart Hungers. It's been translated in Chinese and French and Spanish. Let's see, something else too. I can't remember. <laughs> and and English. Oh, we got it in English too. <laughs> and so so that's just a basic coaching tool you could use in a discipling relationship. You could use with a group. You could use it on a retreat, man. You could you could knock it out with a retreat. Do some teaching, ask biblical teaching, just set up the big idea, and then you could have them coach at the end of your biblical teaching. You could lead your leaders through it. You could lead your staff through it. You could lead it one-on-one. So there's resources there. Awesome. So, yeah, we'd, we'd love to be engaged in this dialogue. Awesome. Awesome. I will put in the show notes, I'll put Dino's uh, email. I'll put the, a link to his book, Sending Well, and also I'll link to the uh, the coaching page and just uh, all the resources that Dino mentioned so you guys will be able to go and, and check that stuff out because there's a lot of good stuff out there. Dino, I want to thank you for your time. Uh, brother, and just thank you for taking the time to come on. It was really good stuff. I think this will really be a lot, uh, very beneficial to a lot of planners that are listening. So thank you. Yeah, it's been a joy. Thank you for letting me be involved. And hey, you guys asked some really tough questions. I kind of felt like I was being coached a little bit. Oh, there. nice. There We're go. coaches. There you go. Hey, we want to let, thank you, our listeners, for tuning in to today's episode. Uh, as always, we're going to be back next week in the trenches with another episode. But don't forget, you can head on over to www.getinthetrenches.com and you can find links to all of our other episodes. Uh, that's where the show notes are located as well if you want to uh, access any of the resources that Dino was just mentioning. And uh, make sure that you go and you subscribe to uh, our podcast. We are on Spotify now as well. We're also on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. So make sure you subscribe and then leave a five-star review. We don't accept anything less than five-star reviews. Uh, And then a a written review also really helps just increase our exposure so that we can get this podcast in the hands of more planners. The reason we do this is that we want to serve church planners. Matt and I just consider ourselves average everyday Joes who are trying to figure this out along with you guys, and we want to share what we're learning Uh, along the way so uh, thank you guys for listening we'll be back next week with another episode but until then go out there and get in those trenches church planners 